0: There was another pen that had somewhere between 10 and 15 Dalmatians and then in a pen next to that there was somewhere around 10 to 15 other puppies. When he walked over and looked at this paper that he pulled out of a filing cabinet and told us that they were Australian Shepherd and Border Collie mix. I thought that's weird you don't know what kind of dogs you own. We drove to the vet and he didn't think there was any kidney function left and she wasn't going to recover from this and that it was better for her to be put to sleep.
1: Welcome to the second episode of Puppy Scammers, a podcast with an ugly name but a beautiful purpose. In this episode you will hear from Jay, a young woman whose family purchased a puppy through a broker convicted of cruelty to animals back in 2013 in Listowel, Ontario. Robert Penner, was sentenced to two years of probation after being found guilty of cruelty to animals after 73 dogs were removed from his possession. He had also been ordered not to be involved with breeding or selling animals and paid nearly $8,500 in restitution to the Ontario SPCA. Robert Penner is still peddling puppies on Kijiji and Jay and her young family recently became one of his many victims. In a matter of weeks from purchasing their puppy from Robert, they were faced with the tragedy of having to euthanize their new family member, who they named Alaska. This is Alaska's story. What you are about to hear may be traumatic for some. Listener discretion is advised. Let's do this.
0: We didn't really know much about where to look for one, so obviously we went to the first place that everybody goes when they're looking to buy something, Kijiji. Um, so we looked up golden retriever puppies in Kijiji because we decided that that's the kind of dog that we wanted. Um, and right away we saw an ad come up. Um, there's golden retriever puppies being sold in Listowall, Ontario, and they were $2,800. It said that they came with all of their vaccines, that they were dewormed, um, up to date with their vet checks. And that they were ready to be picked up. So I sent a message to um, someone who I thought was was named Raymond. Um, And Raymond texted me back and said that he did have puppies available. And I said that I was interested in the female that he had posted. So he said that I would be able to come and pick the puppy up that following Saturday. So I said, okay, great. And he sent me an address. Now, I assumed that this address was his address. And I was going to his home to pick up this puppy. So that Saturday, um, I called him, and he had said to me to call and make sure that it was okay that I came, which initially I found weird, because if you have a schedule for somebody to show up to your house at a time, you would make sure that you're there. But anyway, so he said, just call and make sure. I said, okay. So I sent him a text message and called him on Saturday, and he said, yep, yeah, you can come by. I said, okay. So we went, drove the two hours out to Listowald. And we ended up driving out to a farm. Now, when we pulled into this farm, there was a man on the grass on a tractor. And we rolled down the window and we said, hi, we're here to pick up a puppy. And instantly I could tell that this was not the man that I was speaking to on the phone because this man had sort of an old accent. And, and he, like, we could tell right away um, that they were either Mennonite or um, Amish, I personally didn't know the difference, but my husband was very convinced that they were Mennonite. But, yeah, they were, like, we could see the wife. The wife was dressed in um, sort of like a brown gown um, and had, like, a white bonnet on her head. And they had a little son there as well, and he was dressed kind of like a little man. Um, But, yeah, so he, the man on the tractor pointed towards a shack, Off to the left, this shack couldn't have been any bigger than, I'd say, a one-car garage. Um, So he pointed to this shack and just kind of said, you pull over there. And we said, okay. So we kind of just drove around this little roundabout in his driveway over to the shack. And me and my husband both looked at each other and we said, okay, let's just get in and get out. This is a little bit strange because this isn't even the person that we were speaking to on the phone. So, we got out, we left the kids in the car, we went into this shack, and right away, we both looked at each other, because inside the shack, there was three pens um, that were just kind of gated off by this little white gate material, Um, there was straw, or hay, on the bottom of the pens, Um, In the one pen was our puppy, the last of the golden retriever litter, and then there was another pen that had somewhere between 10 and 15 golden or not golden retrievers, um, Dalmatians. And then in a pen next to that, there was somewhere around 10 to 15 other puppies. And I wasn't sure what those puppies were. So I asked the man that had come in with us, what kind of puppies they were. And he didn't even know he was like, Oh, I don't know. And he walked over and looked at this caper that he pulled out of a filing cabinet and told us that they were Australian Shepherd and Border Collie mix. I thought, that's weird. You don't know what kind of dogs you own. And then he picked up our puppy, Alaska, by the scruff of her neck and pulled her up out of the pen and just kind of handed her to us. So I looked at my husband and I was like, let's just take her and let's just go. Like At that point, you don't really think... You don't put all of the red flags together. You just see, like, okay, this is really weird, but look at this adorable puppy. I just want to take her home. I want to take her out of here, and I want to take her home. So even though we saw those red flags, we didn't really – it didn't cross our minds that what was going on wasn't okay. I actually wasn't even thinking, and I just took her, and I went to turn around and leave. And I handed him the money, and he, he said something behind me, and I didn't hear what he said. And I turned around, and he said, oh, usually we give a bag of feed. And I was like, feed? Oh, is he talking about food? Like, he was almost, like, referring to them like they were livestock. Like, here's the feed. And handed us this, like, bag of food. And then handed me the vet paper. And like I said, I was in a hurry. So I opened up this vet paper and I looked. And I made sure that all of the boxes were checked for the vaccines. And I was like, okay, that's good. That's fine. Let's go. So we got in the car. We went home. Now, it's hard to say because... Usually puppies, especially eight-week-old puppies, they're very hyper, they like to play. Our puppy, we noticed, was really, really what we thought was calm. For the first week that we had her, she really didn't She didn't get excited. She occasionally would be playful, but it was almost like she was tired all the time. Um, and about two weeks after us having her, Um, she was almost due for her second vaccine. She was supposed to have her second vaccines on the Tuesday, but Friday night, she started showing weird symptoms. She was really lethargic, more lethargic than usual. Um, she wouldn't eat really. She wasn't drinking. Um, one of her eyes, the third eyelid in her eye was acting strange. Like it was staying out longer than it was supposed to when she blinked and things like that. So at first I thought, okay, maybe she has an eye infection. And it gave her a bit of a fever. And that's why she's acting lethargic. So I said, okay, we'll take her to the vet in the morning. And we'll see what they think. So then Saturday morning, we woke up and she had gotten so much worse. She wouldn't even walk. She like if you picked her up and tried to get her to sit by her food, her back legs would wobble. And she couldn't like they would just start sliding out and she would just lay down. And I would try and, like, take water on my fingers to try and get her to drink a little bit of water, like, just a tiny drop of anything she wouldn't eat. So we were like, okay, this is really weird. So we instantly got in the car. We drove her to the animal hospital. On the way to the animal hospital, she was throwing up. Um, The night before, she had also thrown up once. Um, But so she threw up on the way to the hospital. We got to the hospital and we explained to the vets the symptoms that she was having. They, The first thing that they asked us was, has she been vaccinated for distemper? And I looked at the vaccination paper and I said, yeah, she's, she's been vaccinated. She had her first vaccines for distemper. And they said, OK, so we're going to do tests. So they initially they tested her for Parvo. She came back negative for Parvo. And then they did x-rays to make sure that she didn't have any um, bowel obstruction, which she didn't. And then they said that they wanted to do blood tests. So they did the blood test and then she instantly called me back. We were waiting in the parking lot this whole time. So she instantly called me back and said that she was very concerned that her kidney values were so high that some of them weren't even reading on the machine. So she said that it looked like she was going into kidney failure. So I said, okay, well, what does that mean? And she said, it's hard to tell. Um, It could be you know, something like she was born with a kidney disease. It could be that she is sick with something and they need to try and figure out what she's sick with. Um, It could be, you know, like any number of things, but at that point they couldn't say definitively what was going on. So they wanted to check her in overnight. So we said, of course, take her. So they checked her in and I called again that night to see how she was doing. They told me that they had her on IV fluids to try and help her kidneys function better and see if they could stop her kidneys from getting worse. They had her on antibiotics while they tried to figure out what was going on. Um, they said that they would call me in the morning to see to, to let me know how she was doing. So that night we we barely slept. We were just like so worried about her. And then that morning, um, I called the doctor and. I asked how she was doing, and at that time it was a different doctor. A male doctor had switched in overnight. But he basically told me that um, normally if a puppy comes in and they're in kidney failure, the first thing they do is they put them on IV. So what they're hoping to see is that within 24 hours of being on an IV, that when they run their kidney values again, they've either stopped going higher or at least gone stagnant, so they're not getting worse. But what he told me is that hers were just progressively getting worse and worse and worse. And I believe it was potassium levels that they were worried about that slows the puppy's heart rate. Um, And he said that her potassium just kept climbing up and up and up. Um, So he said that at that time, what he was concerned about is whether or not she had any kidney function left. Um, So that's when he told us that basically she wouldn't survive and that she needed to be put to sleep because the kidneys don't regenerate the way that, you know, say a liver does. Um, So he said that at that point, he didn't think there was any kidney function left and she wasn't going to recover from this and that it was better for her to be put to sleep. So we drove to the vet and asked him again, like, how do you know... Why this would happen to her, we don't understand. But they didn't really have any answers for us either. They said, again, it could either be that she has been sick for quite some time. Um, It could be something that she was born with. We can't definitively say unless she goes for a kidney biopsy. But a kidney biopsy costs a very large amount of money, um, which we, of course, didn't have the money for. So even now, we don't have closure as to what exactly Made her sick, um, but so we had to go there, and I held her while they put her to sleep. Um, and yeah, so after that we went home, and then we started talking more about the situation in which we bought her. Like that was that was a really weird situation, wasn't it? Yeah, that was kind of weird. Hmm. Why would he have had her in a barn? And then we thought, you know what? We're just gonna call him. And see what was what was going on there and maybe you know maybe he'll have a heart and maybe either one offer us a puppy from the next litter or two refund us the money that we paid for the puppy because you know she we only had her for two weeks she was sick and passed away so we called him and right away he was very defensive he said well do you have any proof that you know how she died do you have a um a letter from the vet saying Basically saying, do I have proof that it's his fault that she was sick and passed away? And I said, well, no, because we, we can't do a kidney biopsy. But, you know, she was sick two weeks after we got her. And there's no way that that could have been something that she picked up from our house. So I don't understand where the disconnect is here. So he said, you know what, let me let me contact my vet and I'll get back to you. And then he hung up the phone. I said, that's really weird. So then we started talking about, again, the farm and the weird puppy pens and, you know, just the the fact that that house that we went to wasn't even his home. So we thought, you know what, let's just Google. Google the area and see what comes up. So we Googled it and instantly it came up that that area is filled with alleged puppy mills. So we said, well, that's really weird. And the first thing that came up was Kimberly's website. Um, So... I messaged Kimberly and I just emailed her and said, hi, you know, I come I came across your, your website and I just wanted to run a few things by you about a situation that we've been in. And I explained the situation and where we got the puppy. And she immediately emailed me and said, you know, I need to call you. This is really important. So I said, okay. And then she called me and she explained that you guys had also gone through a situation in the similar area Um, And she said that she has had experience with a lot of people going through situations like this from buying puppies from that area. And I explained the situation that we went through. And uh, that was when we discovered the vet paper, the vet that was on that paper. um, Dr. Chahal, I believe is how it's it's pronounced. Um, That was when she explained to us that Dr. Chahal is the doctor that a lot of, a lot of places out there, the people that sell those puppies, they all use that doctor and that there's been a lot of cases where people buy puppies that have been signed off and quote unquote checked or vaccinated by this doctor, but then those puppies are ill and they end up passing away. So I said, well, that's definitely not a coincidence. And then that's when we got in contact with you guys and figured out basically everything that was going on that these people do this kind of thing all the time we ended up contacting the person that we were talking to <clears throat> again the that we bought the puppy off of and he i confronted him about the situation i said look we know that what you're doing isn't right we know that this hall doctor that you use is not a good man he's not doing good things he basically told me that I have no proof other than what's written online and that I can't do anything about it because I have no proof. And he offered me $2,000 basically to shut my mouth is the way that I looked at it. And that was that. And I said, no, that's, that's not okay. So he then actually refused anything he stopped answering he stopped texting so my husband decided to go back to the farm to try and speak to the man that we bought the puppy from so when he got there he spoke to the man's wife because the farmer was not there so he spoke to the wife and he originally my husband said oh we were talking to raymond and we're looking for raymond and she said well do you mean robert and my husband said robert who and she said robert penner So my husband said, well, do you have a phone number for this Robert Penner? And she said, yeah. And she gave the phone number. So my husband called this different phone number that wasn't the phone number that I had with the man that I was speaking to, Robert Penner. But it was his personal phone number. So my husband called and Robert, who we originally thought was Raymond, Robert said, again, he's refusing to go any further with this, that he'll offer us $2,000 for our trouble and that's it. So my husband said, you know what, this like this is not going to fly, hung up the phone, and he went to the local police, put in a police report, and that was when I contacted Kimberly. And I said, Kimberly, do you know this Robert Penner? And she instantly said, oh, yes, I know Robert Penner. He was convicted in 2013, I believe. Um, he had something like 76 dogs taken away from him. Um, he was fined by the OSPCA for animal cruelty so she's very familiar with robert penner and it looks like he's now doing the same things that he was doing before not taking care of his puppies selling them to people and these people that buy the puppies the puppies are getting sick and they're dying even though they've been quote unquote signed off by this vet who is really from what i can tell not vaccinating these puppies and just giving them a good bill of health when they're not healthy so that brought us back to basically where we are now, trying to get people to understand, one, don't buy dogs on Kijiji, because you can't trust the people that sell them on there. You need to go to a a good breeder. And usually good breeders won't have dogs available on Kijiji, one. They won't have no waiting list usually a breeder will have some sort of waiting list because they don't breed their dogs multiple times a year they only breed them once or twice a year so they have you know those waiting lists lined up throughout the year um that's something that we didn't know we were obviously ignorant one to the situation that we were put in two we didn't do the research that we should have to avoid a situation like this but now we know better, obviously, but, it, you know, people need to be aware of, one, what's going on and not to fall into the same situation that we unfortunately did.
1: <laughs> that that was well said, and uh, thank you for sharing that because um, I do agree with you. Uh, I think part of the the issue that most people have when they're buying a puppy, they're... They have tunnel vision, and they even though they the warning signs might come up, they you know you either don't see them or you completely ignore them, and uh, you just want that puppy, and you want to go pick it up and bring it back home so quickly. Exactly,
0: um, like the same thing that happened with me. I just saw okay, cute puppy, and even though I saw those red flags, I said okay, it's a weird situation, but look how cute that puppy is, and I just want to take it out of here. But unfortunately, that's enabling people like this, yeah, to continue doing what they're doing.
1: Now, why don't you describe um, the Kijiji ad that you initially responded to, if you can remember it?
0: Yep, so there was uh, three or four pictures of the puppies. Um, the description itself, pretty much all it said was, you know, we have a litter of golden retriever puppies. Um, they will come with their first vaccinations, dewormed, um, $2,800 cash only, please, Specific. And said, "Text or call for quick response." And then there was a phone number, and that was basically it.
1: Right. If you go on Kijiji now, you could. There's, especially southwestern Ontario. There's dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And it's now looking back on it, it's like for us as well. It's blatantly obvious um, that you know it's either a a puppy mill or a broker working for, with a puppy mill. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and all the signs are there. Now, also, you were talking about your your vet paperwork and um, Dr. Shahal. Or Chahal, I'm, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, but um, a, he's also a well-known um, alleged puppy mill vet that goes around to these mills and vaccinates them. At, well, at least the paperwork is showing that he's vaccinating for, you know, parvo and the whatever the list was on your uh, on your envelope there. <clears throat> but you had said something to me before about the paperwork. And uh, why don't you uh, describe what your paperwork looked like from this doctor?
0: Yes, so when we went home after having to put Alaska to sleep, we went home and further looked at this vaccination paper, because I was trying to figure out what she could have been sick from. But when I looked at the vaccination paper, first thing I noticed, one, it was a photocopy. Um, Two, I looked at the dates. Originally, it had said April, and it was crossed out, and somebody had written in August. And then it said um, originally it was circled male, which was crossed out to circle female. There, there was no the owner section wasn't filled out. The reason I could tell it was photocopied was because the stamp, the veterinary stamp, was very obviously photocopied. So I actually had messaged Robert, and I asked him why why it would be photocopied. This isn't this isn't a legitimate medical document. And he tried to tell me that the original fell into one of the puppy pens and it was destroyed. So he just photocopied another one of the puppy's papers and scratched the stuff out and wrote in the information for our puppy, which is obviously not legal. So I haven't called him personally. What we're doing is going through the college of the veterinary college. Um, We've put together sort of everything that we've been through that has to do with Dr. Chahal and from what I understand, once we send that off, um, he will get a copy of quote unquote, our complaint and she'll be given an opportunity to respond to it. She'll respond to the college and then I will get a copy of his response. And then I guess it's a go from there sort of thing.
1: And when, when do you do submit that, when does that happen?
0: We haven't submitted it yet. We're kind of still going through putting everything together for it. Okay. Um, We were also trying to figure out because when we went into, when my husband went back to the farm, um, the wife was actually brought my husband into that shack where we bought our puppy from and left them in there while she went to go try and contact her husband. So while they were in there, um, my husband went through that file that was there and saw um, those blank vet papers that we weren't sure at the time if that was even legal but now we understand that you can actually purchase those by yourselves but yeah so we we didn't want to send the email off before we had all the information that we knew wasn't okay right. and we didn't want to add anything in there that you know wasn't relevant so
1: right so yeah still I,
0: kind of yeah
1: yeah so at this point it's hard to say if Dr. Shahal would even be aware of a photocopy Right. Or if exactly. it, or if I mean, even if he is aware, I, I can't imagine he's going to say, "Yeah, it's okay for them to photocopy it. I don't mind." I I, I highly yeah. doubt that exactly. he's going to come out and say that. Um, but exactly. but so Raymond, A.K.A. Um, Robert Penner, Robert. Um, okay. like you were saying, he was in fact charged, and um, there's a there's an article uh, you can actually find it on the internet. So we're not saying anything that we're not supposed to. It's it's fact, it's all over, it's on the internet. So if you just Google puppy mill, puppy mill raid OSPC, I can't remember what, what exactly I Googled, but um,
0: I think even if you just look up Robert Penner, OSPCA, it instantly comes up a bunch of articles on him and everything mm-hmm. that happened in 2013.
1: Yeah. The headline reads listable man convicted of cruelty after OSPCA raids. And that's, yeah. that's London CTV um so yeah you could just i guess you could just look up robert penner um and it'll tell you all about him what a, what yeah. a, what a great guy he is and uh oh, yeah and, a, and an honest man
0: real animal lover too
1: yeah seems that way um okay well i guess that's that's we'll leave it at that that for now um thank you for sharing your story and then please follow up with us i'm sure everybody's going to want to know the outcome to all this if any and if um you know, if they can even do anything about all this. It seems that, especially with Kimberly, she's been chasing these people for 20 years and uh, she's had some luck and she's chipping away at it. But I think the main problem is the municipalities and the governments need to uh, yeah. make the adjustments in their laws or else these, these people are just going to take advantage of it until uh, until they can't. So
0: That um, too, and I think it's also, also the people. The people need to stop buying from these people and in order to do that, they need to be aware of who they're purchasing from and kind of do the background checks that we unfortunately didn't do.
1: Thanks for listening. And please share this podcast with family and friends and help prevent others from buying sick and dying puppies from the mills of Ontario. Next time on Puppy Scammers. So I pulled the card out. Sure enough, my conversation with her was recorded. It has her admitting to me that she knew that he had a heart murmur when she sold the puppy to us. So I was looking at the one she gave me, the one that he, you know, that I was just sent by the vets. She rewrote completely the whole report with his headline, with his business name on top of that report.